Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Book Three After His Priestly Ordination. The saint applies himself more diligently to the benefit of his neighbor. Section 20. Since our Holy Father displayed every sign of sanctity, his confessor, Persiano Rosa, considered he should not so much encourage, but actually impel him to be initiated into the orders of the church as soon as possible. Until that time, he had been held back from accepting any of the grades of order on the model of St. Saba and other men distinguished for their holy life, whom he knew had done this out of humility. All he wanted was to remain a layman, not because he failed to respect the dignity of the priesthood, but because he considered himself quite unfit for that responsibility however untrue that might be. But when he understood that Persiano was of the opinion that he ought to be ordained priest, he at once set himself to obey that wish, not wanting to seem reluctant to accept the burden laid upon him by God. In the year 1551 of human salvation, therefore, in the church of San Tommaso in Parione, in the month of March, when he had nearly completed his 36th year, he began by being admitted to the first tonsure, then the four minor orders, and the subdiaconate. Not long afterwards, he was admitted to the diaconate, in the famous ancient basilica of the Lateran, on the Saturday of Holy Week in that same year, which fell on the 29th of March. Finally, he was ordained priest in the same church of San Tommaso on the 23rd of May. What preparation he made and what thoughts he had when he was ordained to these orders, I had rather leave for others to imagine than include in my account. Our Holy Father was elevated through all the grades of holy orders to the summit, which is the priesthood. In the proper solemn ceremonies by Giovanni Lunelio, Bishop of Sebaste, when Filippo Archinto was vicar general to Pope Julius III. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Why was St. Philip able to be ordained so quickly? Why did he not have to go to seminary for eight years, seven years, six years, like many men have to do today? Well, first of all, remember that there were no seminaries at this point. Part of the reform of the Council of Trent, which was still unfinished at this time, had begun in the 1540s and would not end for a while. It would stop and start again in response to the Protestant Reformation. Part of the Council of Trent was the, inst the insistence that there be seminaries and that dioceses have seminaries. And so St. Philip lived at a time when those kind of things did not exist as we know them today. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that St. Philip had already done the studies that were required of a priest. He had studied philosophy. Then he had studied theology. And then he, as we remember, he experienced profound graces of prayer. And he felt so impelled by the love of God and so moved by the love of God that the Lord led him away from his studies after he had been sufficiently trained for the purposes for which God had for him. And so St. Philip was already cooked, as Father Robinson liked to say for a young man, if he was basically ready to be ordained, you'd say he's already cooked. Well, St. Philip was already cooked. And he had been leading this life of chastity so that he would be able if it's, to accept the life of a priest. He, that was how he was living. And he was living a life of the apostolate. We've seen how he was organizing a group of men into a body of servants who would look after convalescents, who would look after pilgrims, who would organize 40-hours devotions. So St. Philip had, a, had the grace of leading others. He was already a spiritual father to many people. St. Philip had a love for the Eucharist. He was going to Mass every day. St. Philip had a love for proclaiming the Word of God. St. Philip had a love for drawing other people to the love of God. And so his confessor realized that St. Philip could do even more if he became a priest. He realized that this man was fit to be a priest. If anyone was fit, it was St. Philip. And so with the help of his confessor, with the command of his confessor, St. Philip accepted being initiated into the orders of the church. And so we speak of orders in the plural because there are stages to this Holy, this sacrament. That is, there are bodies into which we are inserted as we go along the path. And normally there are spaces in this stage to the, to the priesthood so that a man can get accustomed to the responsibilities of each of the stages. So tonsure was the traditional way one entered into the, the clerical state. It was five cuts of hair on the top of your head for the five wounds of Christ, signifying that you were leaving your old life and beginning to live this new life. And then there were the four minor orders, porter, exorcist, acolyte, lector. 
and St. Philip received these all sort of in one shot, it seems like. And then the subdiaconate, when he would have pledged his intention to be chaste, would have been taking part in solemn high masses. And then the diaconate, and we know the dates of these things. You see how important these dates are in a person's life, the ordination dates, 29th of March. And then he was ordained a priest on May 23rd, not June 23rd. But what it went through St. Philip's mind in those days, what he experienced at his ordination, we don't know. Father Glonio says you have to imagine it. Because St. Philip burned everything. He burned all of his papers. He burned all of his diaries. He burned all of his letters. And so the interior life of St. Philip is very difficult for us to reconstruct. But we know that once St. Philip agreed to be a priest, once he realized that that was the will of God, he never looked back. He never looked back. So let us pray tonight. Let us pray if you're listening to this wherever you are. Ask for the Lord to raise up good confessors, good spiritual fathers like Father Rosa, who can encourage, who can identify men who would make good priests. Father Rosa, Persiana Rosa, no one's ever put forward his cause of canonization. Most people would never have heard of him. We know hardly anything about him. But God used him to draw St. Philip Neri, the apostle of Rome, to the priesthood. You and I may not be famous saints. You and I may not be recorded in history like St. Philip. But let's ask for the grace tonight to be more like Father Rosa. Let's ask for the grace to encourage young men who are suitable candidates of the priesthood to not be afraid. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.